Welcome to the Greyhound Girl podcast with your host, Dimity Ma. Don't forget, you can follow her on Facebook at The Greyhound Girl. Hi everyone. On this episode of the podcast, I catch up with Western Australian mentor Steve Withers. Firstly, um, obviously, you know, pretty obvious topic of uh, conversation to have a chat about Tommy, but um, yeah, you guys must just be wrapped how, you know, how well he started his stud career, you know, particularly since he's over in WA and, um, you know, in a, in a pretty competitive market as well. Yeah, look, you couldn't be any more thrilled with how it's unfolded. Obviously, you've got no control on breeding whatsoever, so it's, um, it's all up to him and his DNA and yeah, we've been very lucky. He's um, he's certainly got what it takes to be a stud dog, and probably very lucky through his race career that he we got to travel and race in every state. That he's had pups in every state, um, and before those first litters started to race, I think he'd served 150 bitches. So. Wow. He's certainly giving himself a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. How, um, obviously, the, the run of Flying Frida last night, you know, the fact that now he's getting some dogs running over, you know, the 600 metres, that, um, that must be pleasing as well. Yeah, look, that track was very slow last night too. Um, you look through this other 600 and 700 metre races, so for that bitch to break 35 seconds was an enormous run. Um, she's very talented. She's done it over the sprint. Um, her brother's run 29.70 over the sprint. Uh, um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of fast dogs over here. Um, there's a lot of fast dogs around the country. Um, they can run. They've got pace. Um, everything we're hearing from all the educators are that um, they're happy to break in litters of Tommy Shelby's because they just want to go. They just do it. Yeah, just do it naturally. Any others um, besides her that have sort of um, sort of caught your eye um, in how well they've been going? Oh well, her brother um, King Tommy. He won his maiden in twenty nine seventy, which. Yeah, that's free for all sort of time, straight up. Uh, Sneaky Peaky, which is a litter that we bred and um, had to, couldn't fit them all in, so we had to place a few with Jackie Wilson and Gary Nelson. Um, he ran second in the Group 2 Derby final over here. He's, he's run 29.80 himself. Yep. Um, there's a young pup out of a full sister to Flying Frida's mum that uh, we've got. He's only 17 months old. He's qualified in 21.50 over the 380 metres, which the record's 21.47. It's, it's just outrageous for a 17-month-old pup. Yep, yep. How's um yeah. And how's his demand been going? Like, have you guys been, you know, constantly sort of hit up for his straws? Well, he was averaging uh, 100... He averaged 100 litres, um, 100 straws in his first year, so he was working at it around two a week. Yep. But uh, in the last month, we would have sold 60 straws, so it's wow. getting down to around two a day. Yeah, it really exploded. There's a few a few speculators that sort of bought in bulk. Um, they've had a few really nice ones break in, and they're big breeders, so they've um, gone out and, and just seen the natural signs that look like they're going to evolve into the future. and. Yeah, they, they took a couple of big sets, and um, yeah, but the phone definitely been ringing up, and they've been winning in every state. Um, Melbourne, just, um, there's a couple of really good ones, Departed and Closure, been going around winning at Sandown and the Meadows. Yep. Um, yeah, Mork Vision's going really well at New South Wales, really sharp dog. Hasn't quite got the Wentworth Park thing 100% yet, but she's run some screaming times around the gardens and Gosford 29 sixes, so. Yep. And Brisbane, where they, they first started racing that first litter, they were... Um, I've done a huge job up there. Yep. 
One, um, I sort of like to look through the, the letters on Fast Track, you know, the letters that are coming in. One that I've already sort of got earmarked is the Tommy Shelby True Kalinda letter. I'm so keen to see how they turn out. Yeah, yeah, really exciting. Um, there's a lot of other ones out there too. Uh, it with Chelly, bred a litter to um, Black Magic Opal's sister. Um, yeah, there's some really, really well-bred bitches that have um, proven producers and um, stacked up. There's there's actually five bitches um, that were all Barsia, Bars, Elmar Fever daughters. It was, a, it was a big litter. Yep. And there's five different bitches there, one of them being Throttle's mum, um, Weston Hazel. Ah, right. Um, they've all been to Tommy Shelby. And the first set of them to race is Fine Frieda and King Tommy, so... We've got the second set um, out of West On Poppy, and that's that young dog Tommy's ghost who's sitting on the track record over 380 metres. Um, he, he's screaming for 500 metres. He, um, it's just age. It's, we're keeping looking after him at the moment and holding him back. But, um, yeah, so it looks like a pretty magical cross, and there's, there's five sisters there that have all been to him. Yeah, nice, nice. And how's Tommy going in retirement? He's, um, I see a few pictures of him enjoying his little treats and that, but how's he going? <laughs> Yeah, well, we thought he had a big personality while he was racing, and it's only got bigger. <laughs> he thinks he owns the place. Anybody that comes to visit, they're coming to visit him, not us. Um, he just <laughs> takes over and does all these things. He's, um, yeah, it's, it's probably very, very obvious now that he's retired and seen him in a domestic situation to understand why he was such a good race dog. He, he wasn't the fastest. He was a very, very fast dog, but he didn't set a track record. But he was an elite race dog. He just knew what he was doing, thought his way through things. And it's easy to see now that he's retired that um, it's his personality and his brains. He, he understands what we're saying and he thinks his way through things. And it's what made him such a champ as a race dog. Yep. I was there that night he won the Easter egg. And I mean, you know, you got to be good to win, you know, any race from box eight. But to do what he did from box eight that night, I've, I don't think, or certainly not live, I have never seen a dog be able to cross like that and carve out that sort of time from box eight. Like, how did you feel? Um, well, he was always, I would have said it a dozen or more times through his career. His first step wasn't always the best, but we knew he had amazing leg speed and He'd think his way through races. He didn't indiscriminately just crash into a pack. He'd sit outside of dogs and race them. But um, that night as the boxes opened, he actually begun. His, his first step was faultless. And, um, yeah, as as that happened, I sort of might have even mentioned out loud behind the box. As, um, <laughs> uh -oh, he's got the first step right. This is going to get interesting. So, yeah, yeah, he just went to doing his thing. He, um, he loved what he did racing. He loves what he's doing now. As a, as a couch potato and um, a pet, so yep. um, he, he was very smart. He just knew what he, he just knew what it was all about, and we're seeing it in his pups too. They've got huge personalities. They've got a massive charismas, and they just love to do things. Do you have a favourite um, win of his throughout his career? I mean, I know he had you know plenty of good ones, but yeah, is there one that sort of sits at the top for you? Um, well, there was a fair few really good wins. There was a few times here in Perth he was drawn in really horrible positions. Um, they weren't the biggest races in the world, but he was drawn outside of really speedy wide runners and inside of fence crashes, and um, it was just widely renowned that you can't get through from that draw, and he just raced his way through. He'd, he'd just sit there and get through. Um, the big races, look, Easter egg was fantastic from the pink and the set of race record. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. Hobart was very special. It was a, a real afterthought, last-minute decision, and 
he sort of got off the plane there and took it to that track immediately. It was um, it was something else, and probably his run in the Australian Cup heats, run twenty nine five around the meadows. It was. Um, that was pretty special too. Yeah, I suppose one thing, um, you know, while it was fantastic at the time, I bet you don't miss all the travel, do you? Because you did a fair bit. <laughs> uh, I'm not rushing to go back travelling. <laughs> Obviously, Panama Pepper loomed on the scene there yep. late last year, and, and he's up to that standard. He's still on the circuit, but got to the stage where he was, uh, he had a, a, a bit of a personality clash with Cannington itself and couldn't race there. And yeah, I couldn't bear the thought of going back on the road for that big amount of time. And he needed to be on the road, Pepper. So, um, yeah, it kind of forced my decision now. I wasn't that keen to get back out there. It was a long time. It was hard work. Yeah. Long time away from home. It was hard on the family, hard on the kids, yep. hard on the wife. Yep. Um, very, very difficult. It's not all roses. Yep. How did Tommy handle it all? <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> he was having the time of his life and he, he got all the attention in the world. It was just me and him and then... Yeah, whenever anybody else was near, they weren't interested in me. They were interested in him. So, yeah, didn't dent his didn't dent his ego at all. Yep, yeah, it was a bit like um, Tommy's tour at times. It was just you know. <laughs> I was just on it. I was the roadie. I was yeah. one of the carnies. <laughs> you were his manager. <laughs> yeah, I was just one of the carnies, just putting the tents up and down and just um, making sure things were tidy for him to go on the stage. Yeah. Oh dear, and just some like just quickly, Steve, for yourself personally, how um how did you get involved in greyhound racing? Uh, I grew up around thoroughbreds, and um, oh, right. I was a I was a racing victim from very young, um, punter, and just morphed into from being a punter to an owner in a small syndicate to um, yeah having a few dogs in syndicates and getting hands on helping out and yes, yeah, eighteen years ago I would have. Um, started helping out around a, a mate of mine, Mark Simpson's kennels, and, yeah, just being a pain in the ass trying to get my hands <laughs> on and catch them, and, um, yeah, it just grew from there. Yeah, nice. What, um, you know, is there any sort of, you know, what are some of the best things that you've learnt, you know, in that time about training dogs? I mean, obviously, you know, Tommy would have helped you learn a lot of lessons, particularly about the travel aspect, but, yeah, is there anything else um, that you've sort of learned in your time that's helped you get the best out of the dogs? Oh, uh, yeah, pull your head in and keep your feet on the ground because... Uh, the people don't make the industry, the dogs do. The dogs are the stars. We're just there to help them and, um, and to stay out of their way. So, yeah, the, the dogs do all the work. We're, we're just the lucky ones that get to work with them during the day. Yep, yep. No, perfect. And if people want to get straws, they can get in contact with yourself. Have you, has he got some sort of distributed throughout Australia as well? Yeah, they're available all around the country. We've got them at vets in every state. And, um, yeah, he's, he's very active still on Twitter and um, Facebook. <laughs> Yeah, phone numbers is advertising around Cannington Track and the like and sponsorships, so it's very easy, yeah. And it, it's it's a pretty easy process, um, so flick us a message any, through any of their mediums and, uh, yeah, we can get them sorted out. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Greyhound Girl podcast and for your ongoing support of not only this podcast but of Greyhound Racing in general. Remember, you can follow Dimity at the Greyhound Girl on Facebook.